Tim Kuhn, you've been tracking the saga of the Oakland A's as they plot this move to Las Vegas. And in the process, you've learned of a really revealing phone call that took place in April. Tell us what happened there and, and why it was so fascinating. Well, Michelle, on April 19th, the Oakland uh, Mayor Sheng Tao was, was driving home from one of these typical political events, cut the ribbon for a, a business opening. And, and as she was driving home, her phone rang and it showed up as Dave Cavill, the A's president. So she answered the phone and Cavill immediately and very matter-of-factly said, uh, you know, hey, I just got a heads up for you. Somebody leaked to the press that we have a binding deal with Las Vegas. Hmm. Big sports news here coming out of the Bay Area. The Athletics reported closing in on a deal to build a ballpark in Las Vegas. Big blow to A's fans in Oakland and all around the Bay Area. A lot of fans are upset. They're angry about this, and we can understand why. The mayor was shell-shocked by this because there are many reasons for her to have believed that there was progress being made on the Howard Terminal project to keep the A's in Oakland. The A's and the city of Oakland had a summit planned. They were meeting all week. The city of Oakland flew out their attorneys for this thing. They were trying to hammer out a deal. Last night after 9 p.m., they leaked this news and they claimed it was leaked when they called the mayor of Oakland. She had had conversations about the A's with her staff, and she had even said to one of them, hey, you know what? I think we might be able to pull this off. I think we could be close enough that this is going to happen. And the idea of keeping the A's in Oakland would have really been career-defining for a lot of people, including Mayor Tao. And to find out that Oakland was out and Vegas was in without any sort of, hey, you know, here's where we are. What can you do? It was just... The door was open, the door was closed. So she immediately just just hung up and, and sort of shook her head. The reverberations from that phone call, both from the A's side and from the Oakland City side, they, they kind of continue today. And I think that phone call and, frankly, Cavill's delivery are emblematic of how the A's have handled their efforts to secure a new stadium, whether it be in Oakland or Las Vegas. And by that, I mean that it left one side, in this case, Oakland, blindsided, and the other, Las Vegas, scrambling to figure out how to make it work. And more than anything, it left people wondering why A's owner John Fisher was choosing this moment and in this manner to turn his back on Oakland. It is exactly five months to the day since the Athletics confirmed the worst fears of Oakland fans as the team announced a new Las Vegas-based stadium plan. And during that time, the owner who made that decision, John Fisher, he said nothing about why he chose to kill a different yet promising project in Oakland. Until now. Because our own Tim Kuhn sat down with the famously reclusive Fisher. So today, the inside story of how John Fisher chose to end the 55-year-long tradition of baseball in Oakland and why there's still a scant chance it may not happen. I'm Michelle Steele. It's Wednesday, September 20th. This is ESPN Daily.
Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. All right, Tim. A's owner John Fisher has been MIA in Oakland, right? He barely even goes to games. Team president Dave Cavill has really been the face of this franchise for all intents and purposes as far as the reload is considered. You got interviews with both those guys as well as the mayor of Oakland. What's your sense of why these groups are willing to talk to you, especially Fisher? Well, you know, Michelle, the, the I'll set aside the question of why me for a moment, but I think that the why now is, is interesting as well because there was radio silence from the A's, from Dave Cavill, who frankly never met a microphone he couldn't find you know he could he he was always front and center on on all the A's efforts, mm. um, but from the time of that April nineteenth phone call until just recently, uh, he hadn't spoken, and and John Fisher hasn't spoken since he became uh, part owner of the team in two thousand and five. I mean, the only interview John Fisher is is given that I could find in the last. 18 years was to the Phillips Exeter Alumni Magazine to discuss the squash courts that he and his brothers funded on the campus. So as far as talking about the A's or baseball or anything, he has, as you say, been MIA. I think that they were taking such a beating in the in the local press and, and in some ways nationally that they felt that there was the, the time had come for them to at least put forth their version of of what happened and why they're doing what they're doing and why they're doing it now. And real quickly, had, had you spoken to John Fisher before, ever? Never, never. Never? Never. And did you recognize him when you saw him? <laughs> I did because I had, <laughs> if you live in the Bay Area and you pay any attention to A's games, you've seen his face on various uh, <laughs> posters, not necessarily- uh, I see, I see. Not necessarily complimentary, but you know, he goes to opening day usually and you'll, you'll see him at courtside at Warrior Games. I mean, that's kind of where he's most visible, but- uh, I didn't know his personality. I didn't know how he speaks. I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that, hey, here's John Fisher. Okay, so he's basically the most elusive and reclusive owner in baseball, but how did he come to this position in the first place? Tim, where did this all start for him? It's kind of a fascinating story, Michelle. There are many aspects to just how this played out. John Fisher is the chairman of The Gap. His his parents started The Gap clothing company. Um, they have various other enterprises, of course. And and John is a, uh, uh, his net worth is is somewhere around $2.5 billion, according to Forbes. Um, he and his father were part of the group that helped save the San Francisco Giants in 1992 when it appeared they were leaving for Tampa St. Pete. Hmm. Uh, they owned a piece of the Giants for quite a while. The family got out of that. And in 2005, John Fisher joined with Lou Wolf to purchase the Oakland A's for a sum of 
roughly $180 million, which feels like, you know, lint in his pocket at this point, given what baseball franchises are worth. And since 2005, as you noted, he's been he's been very reluctant to seek any aspect of the public eye. He just stays in the background. His control of the A's grew exponentially in 2016. He he bought out Lou Wolf's portion and became the principal owner of the Oakland A's. And and since that time, you know, he has been very much involved in getting the A's a new stadium, which leads us to where we are now. How far back does the effort go to finally get a modern ballpark for the Oakland A's? It probably goes back, you know, you can probably pinpoint it to around 1995 when the Oakland Raiders came back from being the Los Angeles Raiders prior to them being the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, the changes were made to the stadium that really uh, diminished it as a baseball park. The infamous Mount Davis was built uh, across the outfield, which was a third deck that just really eliminated a lot of... I mean, it was not a charming ballpark to begin with, but it, it had a certain amount of charm. There was ice plant growing above the left field and right field bleachers. There was a view of the Oakland Hills behind there. Well, Mount Davis, uh, as far as baseball goes, it just just made it very sterile. There was nothing. There was just this mountain of concrete just looking down on the field. And I think that was probably the start of when the A's realized that this was not going to work. And then in 2000, the Giants opened up Oracle Park on the waterfront in San Francisco, which made it even more apparent that there was this real dichotomy between these two Bay Area teams. Yeah, you can see it in the maintenance, quite frankly, and the look of the Coliseum today. I was there last year, and it is rough. Uh, There's a reason it's considered the worst in baseball. And, you know, we know it's been a tortured, decades-long effort to get the stadium going. The A's in the city have had what feels like endless conversations, trying to come up with some kind of workable solution. Various sites have been considered over the years, But a real plan has been really elusive. And then in 2018, the possibility of a site called Howard Terminal emerges. And that's right on the port of Oakland, on the water. It seems that proposal has been the focus of everyone's energy for the last several years, right? It is. And not content to just build a ballpark, (laughs) what this was, was this nearly fantastical project that would include commercial real estate, residential real estate, community parks, businesses, bars, restaurants. It was like essentially a city within the city. Okay. And it would be $12 billion project that was going to be built really from the ground up in, in a very underused area of Oakland. And who proposed that? Fisher or the city? It was one of the the sites that was on an original list to propose, and John Fisher chose that site. Okay. Now, when he did choose that site, it, it bears mentioning that Libby Schaff, the mayor at the time, promoted it. She thought it was going to be a revolutionary project for Oakland if it could happen. There was potential. There was the land. There was the waterfront. It could connect the downtown. There were... 
there are many advantages to this if it could be pulled off. And I think John Fisher saw it as kind of a legacy project for himself, you know, that he would he would create this this place that people could congregate even when there wasn't a baseball game. There would be parks and community things to do. And he had this vision for this area. And it bears mentioning that he is not a developer. It's not something that he had ever done before. So he was, in one sense, just the guy that saw what he thought could happen. It looked like, you know, the city of the future. And it was what both Fisher and the city, they fell in love with this idea of changing the entire landscape of Oakland with the Howard Terminal Project. And he spent a bunch of money to get permits and clearances and stuff like that, right? He did, he did. And you know, that's, Michelle, that's an interesting thing because a lot of the back and forth between the city and 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 the A's has centered on whether they, the A's were honest brokers in these conversations and whether they just used Oakland to get to Las Vegas. But one, one aspect that I actually learned through this was that they were serious about Howard Terminal, serious to the point where John Fisher says he put $100 million into that project to try to get certain environmental impact reports and, and clearances from different agencies in California, which is at times an endless number of agencies that have to sure. approve a project of this magnitude. And that's one part that this city does not, they don't contest that. They say, yes, he sank a ton of money into this and they don't dispute that it was $100 million. So in that regard, there was at one point a very serious effort to make Howard Terminal work. Did any dollar signs pop into anybody's mind? I mean, that is going to take a tremendous amount of capital to turn into a ballpark. Who was going to pay for this? Right. Well, at that time, it was already sort of established that John Fisher would privately fund the ballpark as long as the city could provide the infrastructure, both outside the ballpark, all around the area, which is incredibly vast. I mean, the, the, what needed to be done in a very a reasonably small area, 55 acres, was a lot. The streets, as you say, are torn up. They're that uh, there's just railroad tracks going to nowhere. I mean, it is pure potential. It is not, there's nothing realized. It's also very poorly accessed from freeways. There's no public transportation. So the city agreed to provide the infrastructure money for this, which, you know, they, they thought could get as high as a billion dollars. And so as John Fisher set out to realize his vision, the city knowing that this was a, a, a massive, unwieldy project set about attempting to get the funding. And so, you know, at, at, there was a time when there was this sort of, you know, understanding that both sides were working and this might happen. All right, so it's a $12 billion plus project. Fishers spent around $100 million in permits and other development expenses. There are exactly zero shovels in the ground and does not look like there will be shovels in the ground anytime soon, certainly in Oakland. Why did this project fall apart, Tim? 
That is the question, Michelle. And and it's it it fell apart. It's it sounds like a cop out, but it depends on who you ask, right? I mean, sure. uh, the, John Fisher says and the A's say that that it just wasn't moving fast enough, that they could not get assurances by January that they would have shovels in the ground. Major League Baseball has imposed a January 2024 deadline for the A's to have a stadium deal in place in order for the team to continue to receive Major League Baseball's revenue sharing, which is in many ways the lifeblood of this team at this point. So yes, that was the the time element was what Fisher will point to. Uh, The Oakland side will point to a number of factors like the vastness of this project, um, the the slowdown during the pandemic, uh, rising interest rates, the collapse in many ways of the commercial real estate market in the Bay Area. There are all these different factors that go together. John Fisher says that there were not financial factors. They were purely, um, the only financial factors were that the city of Oakland was not, in his mind, getting enough money together fast enough for him to meet his January deadline. The big question for me is how John Fisher went from this really, you know, Fisher City in Oakland that was going to revitalize an entire region to nine acres in a parking lot at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. You know, that that's the that's right. the hundred million dollar question here is how how that happened and how it happened so quickly. I asked the chief of staff for the mayor's office in Oakland, did did John Fisher get cold feet? And Lee Hansen answered by saying, I don't think he got cold feet. I think he got an accountant. It's almost like the city's contention is as soon as Fisher got wind that this might be happening, that this $12.5 billion development might be something that he would be on the hook for. He turned around and thought there are easier ways to make a buck or run this team. Exactly, exactly. And John Fisher, unfortunately, despite my best efforts was not going to sort of let me in on the inner workings of of that side of this deal. Oakland is saying, look, we were working toward this. We were close. And he he bailed out. He bailed out for what reason? Probably because in their minds, he has been risk averse. We've talked about he inherited his money. He's not in any way a self-made man. He's a successful man, but he's inherited his money. He is risk averse. He was dependent in many ways on his family to back this project as well. Right. The inner workings of that side will perhaps always remain a mystery. But yeah, that's the Oakland feeling is that, you know, hey, it became real and he went away. After the break, why the A's move to Vegas is anything but a done deal. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt 
Didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. All right, Tim, you spoke to John Fisher, one of the most elusive owners in Major League Baseball. He owns the Oakland A's. They are looking to move to Vegas. He still needs to get a stadium built there. There needs to be a ballpark for this team to occupy. What is the current plan? Where does it stand? Well, Michelle, where it stands right now is that the A's took the step of filing their relocation application, which is is sort of the formal notice to Major League Baseball that, hey, we need to be out of Oakland. We want to be in Las Vegas. Here is what we propose. Um, however, the, the it gets murky because the A's do not have all the answers to the questions that are needed in this application. For instance, they don't know where they're going to play after next year when their lease at the Oakland Coliseum runs out. Minimum three years they have to account for before the stadium opens in Las Vegas, you know, under the best circumstances. The fastest timeline would be a 2028 opening. They have a a list of things that need to be addressed before as I was told by a major league source, before it can be voted on, all this stuff has to be lined up. Well, they don't know where they're going to play. They don't know if the ballpark is going to be a retractable roof or a closed roof. Obviously, it needs to be one of those two things in Southern Nevada in the summer. Um, And it's only on nine acres. And there are a lot of people that say a retractable roof stadium is impossible on a site that small. So, The A's have a lot of questions. They don't know where their financing's coming from. There's just a lot of unanswered questions that would keep me, anyway, from saying this is a done deal. It just feels like there are loose ends that Major League Baseball and the A's are going to have to address before this passes through the three-man relocation committee, the eight-owner executive council, and gets to where 75% of the owners will vote yes on this. But as you said, one of the questions about this move is that after their lease in Oakland ends at the end of 2024, this team does not know where they're going to play. Even if they do build a stadium in Vegas, that's not opening until 2028 at the earliest. So what do they do for these intervening three or possibly even more seasons? 
Well, the only logical place for them to play, Michelle, is the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. An extension of their lease that would take them through 2027. You know, I, I mean, set aside the fact of what that stadium is going to look like mid-2027 with, you know, a team with 100 losses and it's leaving in three months, you know, it's going to be, it's really bad out there now. It's going to be way worse then. But I do think that that makes most sense for, even for the city, right? They'll get something out of the A's for that period of time. Mayor Tao has been pretty adamant that she wants some concessions for Major League Baseball if they're going to extend that lease. And one of them that she's holding on to is that the team's name stays in Oakland. What do you mean? She feels that the A's brand belongs in Oakland. And if she's going to let the team play there, uh, she, meaning the city, then they want to turn their sights toward an expansion team in Oakland. And to do that, they want it to be named the A's. Their other options are to go play in their AAA stadium in Las Vegas, which they're going to share a stadium with a minor league team in the summer in Vegas in an open-air stadium that seats 10,000 people. I mean, the Players Association is going to nix that right off the bat. So Yeah, not looking to cook their membership. No, and, and, and I think that Oakland looks like, by default, the place they will stay. So one thing that struck me when I was reading your piece was how much John Fisher underlined the fact that he is a Bay Area native, right? The gap was started in the Bay Area. His parents and him were involved in saving the Giants, keeping the Giants in the area. And yet now he's going, he is the guy who is going to rip the A's out of Oakland. It's just, it's hard to imagine the A's playing anywhere else as a baseball fan and head to Vegas. Why is he so dead set on leaving Oakland? Well, he, he phrases it as that he was left with no choice. And, you know, there have been, there, there's been a lot of talk that, um, and, and, as you know, Michelle, the, 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 wardrobe of choice at the Oakland Coliseum this summer has been a t-shirt that just says sell on the front. Yeah. And you can watch any game. They're sitting in the diamond level right behind home plate. They're sitting in the right field bleachers. They're, they're everywhere. He watches the, the games with the sound off so that he can't hear the chants. Heard the uh, crowd go silent and now getting very loud at the Coliseum. Fisher sucks, sell the team, stay in Oakland. This sounds weird, but there's kind of a cool vibe out there right now with the people that still that really care because they've stopped with their drumming in the outfield. They've they've made the stadium nearly silent except for these chants. And they they've really made their voices heard in and outside of Oakland. And, you know, John Fisher. I, I asked him. There's been there's been a, a open secret in the Bay Area that Joe Lake, of the owner of the Warriors, has a standing offer to buy the A's and keep them in Oakland. Whether that's sort of a uh, <laughs> a guilt thing that he took the Warriors away, but he'll keep I mean, the A's. Easy PR win. Exactly. There is a group that African American Sports and Entertainment Group that is in negotiations to buy half the Coliseum site. They feel like they have the ability to buy the team. And 
you know, when I asked John Fisher, you know, I, I kind of I, I kind of used his experience in San Francisco that you just mentioned as because it it it's reported his father has said that he had no interest in the Giants and it was John who convinced him to keep their family's favorite team in town to do their part. And so I, I asked him, you know, have you heard from anyone who essentially is the John Fisher of 2023, what you were in 1992, who's coming to you and saying, hey, we have this group in the Bay Area, we can keep it. And, you know, he he said he wouldn't get into those conversations. But, you know, I know from the Oakland side that they've had a lot of people reach out and say, hey, let's let's do something here. We have we have enough heavy hitters. We have the people that can make this happen. And as as Mayor Tao told me, you can't buy something that's not for sale. So, you know, dump or not, Oakland fans are diehard about this team. A's fans, devotion to this team is really second to none given everything we know about this team and everything that they'd have they've had to endure watching on the field. Is there hope remaining? for these fans in Oakland who would like their city to retain their baseball team? Uh, There is scant hope. And I say that there is that, that little glimmer off on the horizon just because of the way that the A's have handled themselves through this. It has not felt professional. You know, it just has felt kind of slapdash in the way that they've gone about their, their dealings in Oakland. And I do feel like the A's fans, in a, in a really weird way, this, is, this has sort of helped their cause, right? Because they've been able to get their message out in, in creative ways. There's been a shift away from just blaming the city of Oakland, blaming the fans for not going to games. All of that has shifted a little bit to like, wait, this is what these guys are doing like this is how they're they're managing this this attempt to move and this is what they're doing to the people that have been loyal for 55 years i could tune into an a's game in washington dc and pe- hear people yell and sell the tea that's a win for them and maybe maybe it opens some eyes down the line if the a's do leave that there could be the possibility of an expansion team um but whatever the case they 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 aren't going down quietly so you're saying there's a chance I'm saying there's a chance. (laughs) Tim Kuhn, 10 days out until the end of the 2023 Oakland A's season, but their saga and relocation continues. Thanks for being on this story. Thank you, Michelle. I'm Michelle Steele. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 